0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive Podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you once again, as always, for joining us on this Thursday, although it may not be Thursday, because depending on when you listen to your podcast, we release them on a Thursday. But yes, it's Thursday right now, when we've released it, and hopefully you are having a wonderful whatever day of the week you're having. Today's podcast is all about one-to-ones, and perform in performance management. We've got an expert who I'm going to let you in behind the curtain a little bit, listener. I've just been having a conversation just before we went live and said, Yeah, we've done these podcasts before, haven't we? And Anna Rasmussen from Open Blend says, No, no, I think I've been waiting for this for three years. So, Anna, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show finally.
1: I'm delighted to finally be here. And it doesn't feel like three years. And it's been a joy talking about it <laughs>
0: <laughs> for so long. But we are doing it today. We've got a really interesting few questions that we want to chew the fat over. But I always like to have a partner in crime with these sort of things because it becomes nice as a conversation starter rather than a I'm going to in- interview somebody. So today's host with the most, hostess with the mostness that I've got with me is the wonderful Debbie Mitchell. Now, she has been on the podcast before because we 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 talked about her book. She'll take every opportunity to plug her book. We're not going to talk about her book today.
2: (laughs) Debbie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's lovely to be back again on
0: the pod. It's lovely to have you back on. So we're going to do a bit of quizzing for Anna on the topic today. Before we do that, though, let's do a little bit of a check-in as to who Anna is for those people who haven't actually perhaps heard of OpenBlend before. So Anna, if you can give us just a little bit of an overview as to who you are, what you do, and then OpenBlend as well, please.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm absolutely thrilled to be chatting to you both today, and I'm really excited to be lifting the lid or talking in more detail about one-to-ones and performance management because it's something that's very important to me so yeah Chris as you mentioned my name is Anna Rasmussen I'm the founder and CEO of OpenBlend. OpenBlend is a multi-award winning now so we've won CIPD in the last HR supplier and personnel today HR tech supplier of the year so thrilled nice. with that yeah and we are a next generation performance management tool that supports businesses to build high-performing cultures particularly with today's workforce so we can come on more to what we do but only if you want to know a little bit about my background as a founder of, of a business, I think it's important to understand kind of my background and where, why I've developed, and an, you know, a, a next generation focus on performance management. So, my background is actually coaching. I've been a leadership development coach for sixteen years, and before Open Blend, I spent majority of my time in training rooms with groups of people managers, training them how to use coaching to drive the performance of their teams. And back in those days, they were sort of you know two or three consecutive days in a boardroom every every other month or something and about 10 years ago two things really came into my focus one was the types of conversations that managers were having to have with their diet reports to drive performance was broadening and the second one and i would say 85 percent of the managers that left the training room would say to me anna today was fantastic do you have a framework i can use on the job so and i was just a very aware that managers were crying out not just for the content in a classroom or in a training room but actually on the job when they're talking to their people and the conversation was broadening so i put all of my ideas into a piece of software and that's when open blend was born when we first went to market we were a coaching tool so very much focused on supporting co- the conversation between a manager and their direct report that focused on an individual's motivation and an individual's well-being and then after a couple of years of revenue generating our clients came back to us and said look we're having great Conversations in Open Blend, but we're having to then shut Open Blend down and have a conversation about performance elsewhere. So, performance objectives elsewhere. Can you put performance in Open Blend? So, in 2017, we did that. And actually, that's when we were born, if you like, as a performance management tool, but we were never. a a traditional performance management tool because we started with the people-centered coaching routes and then added performance on top of it so that's kind of a perfect combination if you like to being where we are to, to achieving kind of what we have today as a next generation performance tool.
2: OK, th- thanks so much for that. I think it's really interesting to, to, to take the kind of the concept around just having a really good conversations around motivating will be and think about how that applies to performance. And yeah. I think that, you know, for me, some of the challenge, Anna, is that it's interesting that some of your clients were asking for the framework. Like so often in organisations, we see a structured framework around it. And I just wondered sort of what's your what's your kind of your thoughts around a blueprint on that. So, you know, sh- should there be a framework that we've got to follow and flow within that? Or, or is, it, is it okay to just have a conversation?
1: Yeah, I think a really, uh, is it, that's a really interesting one. And when they're asking for a framework, actually Open Blender has been described as freedom within a framework because there are frameworks in there, they're coaching frameworks in there, but there's no content in there. The content that's in there belongs to the individual. <laughs> So to give this right. a little bit more kind of structure, if you like, we've got uh we Open Blend has a full suite, if you like, of of modules. So in Open Blend you can talk about performance objectives you can talk about well-being you can talk about motivation you can talk about feedback you can talk about high fives and recognition you can talk about your development you can talk about a review so probation review or end of year roundup or development review so there's lots of different things you can talk about the framework in open blend sits within an agenda so you'll see here as i'm talking about the tool all these different coaching aspects of it that come through because a good conversation starts with what are we going to talk about today so so if you look at what makes a bad one-to-one it's when you know and, and I'm sure lots of listeners people listening today will resonate with this is when you sit down with your manager and your manager and it is basically a task review and your manager leads it how are you getting on with that how are you getting on with this okay we've had our one-to-one we've had a catch up move on mm. that is not what we look at as a, as a one-to-one a one-to-one is actually we're employee-led agenda so the employee says this is what I want to talk about and they pull that from all the different modules that are in the platform and every business will have different modules switched on so what do they want to talk about But then when they sit down, they've already got in front of them what that conversation is going to look like. So we're going to talk about these three things and that's it. So already it starts off it's a framework, but it's more like a best practice framework as opposed to Mm. a list of questions, if you like. And then when you go in to talk about each of those items, we support a, a discuss journey. So we use the grow model in the tool. So again, it's a framework, but it's just a framework for pathway to action. So where do you want to get to? Where are you now? What are the hurdles in the way? And then what are we going to do as as a result of that so it's just a structure for a conversation as opposed to a framework that's been forced from hr onto into employees hands and then so they're the, they're the kind of frameworks that we look we we kind of look at so but i think when it comes to a blueprint of, a, of an effective one-to-one i think it's important to think about it because actually an ineffective one-to-one can have the opposite effect it can be demotivating and it can reduce performance so an effective one-to-one there's three main components that i think i think about that makes up a really valuable one-to-one one is the frequency in which these one-to-ones are taking place so they need they need to have momentum okay so if it's just one sporadic one here one sporadic one there or if they're too frequent they can become boring or so it needs an optimum cadence of the, around the frequency yeah so that's that's one the second one is the breadth of content in which people can focus so we pride ourselves in open blend that we we support conversations beyond just objectives so but it might be that they just want to talk about a performance deliverable goal or but the breadth of content is really important in giving people the choice of things to talk about and then the third one is the effect is the effectiveness of that conversation because you can have loads of conversations about loads of different things but if it's not effective then it falls down at the final hurdle so you need to ensure that those conversations are effective and that's where software actually really plays a part because it can support the stru you know the structure and the effectiveness of that conversation so that's why i would say a blueprint so if you're doing it without software i would say making sure you have them booked in and you're sticking to them making sure you're talking about things beyond a Objective. So, because it's Mm -hmm. such a fantastic opportunity to do it and making sure that the structure of that conversation is effective by setting an agenda and follow up and making sure you Mm -hmm. leave with actions and those Mm -hmm. actions have owners, for example.
2: Yeah. I think one of the key things you said, which I'm always really passionate about, is the sticking to it. So, the frequency and the sticking to it, because it's very often the easiest thing for me as a manager to take out of my calendar. (laughs) Yeah. But it's the last, I was just arguing, it's the last thing that should be taken out. Yeah. Because the message that that gives me if you cancel my one to one is yeah. anything is more important than the conversation i was about to have with you absolutely and, and i think that that before you even start it's a massively demotivating message right so yeah. so sort of that frequency and that consistency i was think of of delivering those just delivering on those conversations and about being available for people to have that that open space to talk about things
1: yeah absolutely and also I think that's where software plays a really really important part as well because we make it so everyone's we're busy everyone's busy our diaries are back to back you know it's it's insane the pace and you know the workload that we're working to OpenBlend integrates with people's day-to-day tools so we've got full integration with calendars we can set up recurring session bookings in there we then integrate fully well 85% of our customers are on Teams but we also do this with Slack and with Google as well but we use Teams as an example so before a session we'll send out the agenda to both parties on on in Teams so they can have a look at what that is on the agenda and what they need to prepare for this bit i think is really important. when you in the platform every action objective milestone has a due date when that due date's coming up we ping it out on teams so it's front of mind so all right that is coming up for due date so i need to action something on there after a session we'll send out a session summary so you can see everything that's kind of been discussed in there and all of that's in the system as well so i think it's about there's one remembering to have them to your your Mm. point cancelling absolutely but it's Mm. getting into that regular rhythm but if if there's things that are helping you remember and prepare and because sometimes i think people might cancel them because they're not prepared for them whereas if the you know if you have some uh, some software or some mechanisms that help people prepare prepare for those sessions then they're less likely to get pushed as well yeah, it's quite interesting. And I was just, I just wrote down as
0: you were talking about that, you know, with your blueprint, the frequency, the breadth of contact and the effectiveness of the conversation. And what I think is interesting as well is the rapport that the individual, this is perhaps less that the uh, to do with the software part, it's how important is the, and maybe I'll ask this question to both of you guys, but we'll start with Anna. How important is that rapport as a line manager that you can build that with your employee and vice versa, because ultimately you can have the frequency of this stuff. You can you can have the breadth of content and maybe you're having an effective conversation, but if you haven't got that kind of relationship that's struck up, it's going to cause perhaps issues. And, and that kind of leads to my next sort of point because, you know, it's a really old adage of, you know, people leave, don't leave. They often don't leave companies. They leave line managers. So yeah. how Important is that conversation from your perspective, Anna, in terms of keeping that employee engaged?
1: I, I, I would say probably the single most important factor to productivity and retention is the one-to-one, the opportunity for a manager and a direct report to have that conversation and can wholeheartedly agree that people leave managers and not businesses and that manager can be the make or break of someone's, you know, career in a business. And because everything is done in that one-to-one. So it's a, it's a obviously, it's a, it's a communication tool. You're, you're able to build rapport, understand aspirations. I think for managers today, I think being a people manager is an incredibly challenging job and i think post-covid is even more challenging i think you've got more and more managers that are being promoted into people management roles potentially before time and they're not supported in the right way. I would say from all the management training I've done, 99.9% of those managers have got really really positive intent. They want to do a great job. They're just not supported in order to do it. So I think those one-to-ones is about supporting the manager to build the rapport, understand the aspirations of that individual, understand the struggles and hurdles and nuances of that of that individual. We you know, we didn't set out t- to actually be at all that supports inclusion in organisations but because every because everyone is treated as an individual in open blend and that's absolutely right and you can see the coaching nuances coming out there as well everybody's different and that makes it even harder for a manager right so knowing understanding what most if I just take me for an example you know the people that report directly to me I understand I know just through looking in in a dashboard what their motivational drivers are where their well-being is at the moment how many actions they've got live how many objectives they've got live what feedback cycles we've got going on what we've spoken about in previous sessions what they want to talk about in the next agenda so every single aspect of that helps me be a better manager and have a better conversation so I think to, to your point you know how, how important I mean I've Pretty much dedicated the last 15, 16 years to ensuring that these one-to-one conversations between a manager and employee are valuable and successful because they are absolutely that. This is this is the the linchpin in in retention and productivity.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, I think kind of the the other aspect of it for me is the, it's the two way nature of that conversation. So you're absolutely right. You know, the, the leaders got all that information, they've got data, they've, they've got some opportunity to provide some support, but they've also got opportunity to be really just authentic human beings. Yes. Right. Yes. And sometimes to say, I don't know the answer to that. And and let's figure that out together or let's work it through together. And the other, the question I often really encourage managers to ask in those kind of one-to-one conversations is, what am I doing that's getting in your way? How yes. can I help you to be your best self at work? You know those kind of give yes. me some feedback. I, th- I think I tend to find if you if you encourage employees to just offer feedback, they're a bit resistant, they're a bit reluctant typically. But if you ask that kind of question yeah. as a manager, it's a it's it's authentic, but b it's suggesting you know I recognise I might be doing some things. Let me you know h- help me to understand how I can help you better. And I think again yeah. that that two way nature becomes a very powerful element of the of the conversation
1: absolutely and actually i think that that's you know a a brilliant question for a manager to be asking employees but i think it takes confidence to do that how can i be better how can i help you thrive more how can i and that does take rapport and regular conversations and yeah so absolutely the the benefit of that is two-way and then it and then it just grows interestingly when we first onboard a client scores we get kind of data through of how people have scored against their motivational drivers and things that are getting in the way and all the rest of it and then after a a couple of sessions, those scores go down and we couldn't work it out for ages. Why do scores go down at the beginning? And I think it's because they, when people first start having conversations with their managers like this and looking at kind of data and using data to facilitate conversation, they've kind of a little bit hesitant to be really truthful. So they might score things a little bit higher. And then mm. when they have a conversation, they think, and they realize, oh, right, okay, this conversation absolutely is about me and how I'm going to thrive. I'm going to be a little bit more truthful now. And then all the scores would come down. So that was the trend that we saw. Mm. And it does does take that just to kind of jump in with both feet and just start having those conversations. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to just move us on just a little bit because
0: you started to touch about it earlier, about the flexible and hybrid work kind of environment. And I think this is an interesting bit for us to have a little, to kick around a little bit actually, because being a line manager myself pre-COVID and being one post-COVID, where Well, I know we're not post-COVID But um, in this current universe that we're living yeah. in I have just Maybe I've taken it for granted That there are certain types of skills needed To be able to be an effective line manager When mm. you are dealing in a hybrid world Like uh, until um, one of our team that had joined It was recent Classic Gen Z what, what are they when they're all in their 20s? It's Gen Z, isn't it? So <laughs> young. Uh, and young Young person, yeah And actually for the first six months of him being within the business, I'd not really met him because it was pretty much through it was pretty much all exclusively through teams. So I just wanted to get you guys, and again start with Anna, just get your thoughts on this idea of what are the type of skills that a line manager needs to to deliver that perfect blueprint from a flexible hybrid perspective compared to the pre-COVID kind of era that we lived in.
1: I think curiosity is really coming is the is the word yeah. actually that's coming to the front of my mind when I'm thinking about that. I think you have you've got to be really curious. You've got to dig a little bit deeper. You've got to be able to discuss the stuff that you can't see. So when you're in the office every mm-hmm. day and someone might be struggling or someone can just shout across a desk or you know can you help me with this? I think I you know I think like a, a, a layer a layer of curiosity about So really simple things like clarity on deliverables, okay? So you're not with somebody. You need to set that person up for success. So you might have a manager that isn't particularly short. So I'm naturally – very big picture and not really into kind of. I don't enjoy all the detail. That's just just my character. But if I, I, work, I manage a couple of people that are really detail orientated. Okay, when we're not in the office together now, I need to help them break down everything that needs to be done into small. Into small. I need to be really curious as to the way that they work best because we can't see each other every day. So working with them, making sure there's absolute clarity on deliverables, there I think is. Actually, I'm going to do this personally for me. I need to be, I've had to be more curious to what makes people tick and how they, how, what clarity looks like for them in terms of their deliverables. Absolutely need to be able to have the confidence to have broader conversations. So, well being, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's on every business's agenda now, but just being yeah. confident and how are you doing today? You know, is that, how are you managing your workload? Are you on top of that? Are you stressed out about things like that? Are you, how, what's your confidence level on delivering against that thing? You know, just simple questions questions to just to be more curious and try and evoke a response about how somebody might be feeling and i think going back debbie to our point there about regularity as well you mm-hmm. have to have those regular touch points all the time so it just be kind of becomes the norm yeah i'm so they're, they're the key things i don't know debbie how, how what do you think
2: yeah no i mean I, I i completely agree and i think again i i the first thing that came to my mind was that frequency and that being available as a as a people manager to you know, for me to check in, but also for people to check in with me. And I, and I think, I love your word curiosity. I, I just love it in all sorts of different scenarios, mm. but particularly in this. And again, I think noticing things and calling them out becomes really yeah. important from a wellbeing point of view. You know, I I notice that you're a bit, slower doing that piece of work than normal is there anything I can help with or I notice that you look a bit stressed or you look very relaxed or you know just noticing things you know remotely will make a difference because it feels like we're disconnected yeah we don't we don't have to be I think the other thing for me is and and it's been talked about a lot sort of post pandemic is the the kind of the refocus on outputs and and again to to your point around sort of breaking those down for people who need that but I think it's just drawn us all to the fact that it it really isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. Solution. Yeah, you, know, you have to be curious about yeah. what's making people tick, what works for people, what doesn't, you know, just yeah. does the does the lack of personal connection trouble you or, or do you thrive in that moment where you can have a bit of peace and quiet? You know, it's yeah, it's different for everyone. And I think we have to your point be, be curious about that and call it out. Just find yeah. out more about sort of what's making people tick.
1: We, we, we did a piece of research earlier this year with Professor Nick Kemsley. He's a professor at Henley Business School and he specializes in performance. And we were it was great that we, he was kind of helping us with this piece of research all around performance enablement. And there were seven key performance enablement dimensions that came out of the research. And the one that I ju- I'm just going to pull out just based on this conversation, one of them was my interaction with work. And because I think you were talking about skills that managers need to have, it's not assuming that everyone has the same setup as you you do when it comes from working wherever you want to work a really extreme example would be you know people working off ironing boards and i i don't think that is the case now i think majority of people have got themselves sorted out but ensuring it this this was around sort of that an individual is enabled to perform at their best by having tailored and flexible working pattern that suits their situation being able to perform irrespective of location or hours and being able to manage my wider responsibilities in addition to work and i think because of the whole hybrid remote nature we are managing so many different things in that day as well and you know it's not saying that the manager needs to you know bend over backwards to accommodate every single person because i don't think that's possible either but it's understanding you know being curious about an individual's setup and how they can and can't interact with work i think is a new skill set for managers as well that's fascinating. Really, really fascinating. So we're coming towards the end
0: of the podcast. One of the things I will say for me personally, I loved what you said about curiosity. And that's one of the things that I'm going to take away. But if there was just for our, our listeners, if there's one piece of advice when it comes to one-to-ones in performance management moving forward, if it's a, if you only do one thing today or this week, do this what would it be as your overarching kind of final piece for us anna who
1: am i talking to man can i talk to managers and then to and then you can to do employees? both yeah i'm going to give both. two messages so for managers i would say for a one-to-one if you don't already why don't you ask your each employee to set the agenda for your next one-to-one and give them a completely free reign so what would you like to talk about on that and then for an employee i would say you as you book one-to-ones in your manager's diary don't sit back and wait for your manager to book it in because everyone's very busy this is your career your performance your development and take it in, take it into your own hands and book your one-to-ones in i love that
0: I really love that and the proactive nature of it as well, because then also it shows that you as an employee are engaged. And also from a manager perspective, it shows that you as a manager are prepared to actively listen to Mm. somebody as opposed to just being, as you said, right at the start of the show to almost give a list of task list and right, what you're doing on this and what you're doing on this. And I will confess to you, I do, I do have that with my team occasionally well i say occasionally but we i will regularly check in with them to see what we're working on and you know is there anything that where are you at with this and stuff like that i'd like to think and they're probably listening to them now in fact one of them will be doing the editing so he'll be able to agree or disagree with me (laughs) after this podcast but it is important to actually do the do you know what i'm here to listen to you actually just as much as i am here Mm. to essentially go through your task list
1: yeah, I have got one more. Actually, on, do it. A do bit it. Just at the end. We've got time. Go I, I just think that you know a one-to-one can you can it can they don't all need to be the same. I think that's the other thing. People mm. think a one-to-one is the same format each time. You know, if you're if you're as a manager, you're getting a bit bored with it. Trust me, your employees are bored with it. As an employee, if you're bored with it, trust me, your manager's bored with it. So mix it up. You know, what else can you? How can you do it differently? And I think that's why it's important to be able to put different things on the agenda to talk about in that one-to-one. A one-to-one is your performance review. It is your development review. It is talking about your succession, you know, succession planning. It is talking about your task list. Like, it could be lots of different things. So have some freedom within mm. the time that you have allocated to talk about the things that are really going to drive performance forward. It's not about reviewing performance. It's about driving performance.
0: Yeah. No, that's absolutely amazing. So, Anna, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. It's been a thank you very much uh, for having me. To, to talk to you about uh, one-to-ones in performance management. And Debbie, also great to have you on as well.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Thank you.
0: Cool. Um, of course, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Alexa device, Lace Partners website, lacepartners.co.uk, forward slash podcast. If you are regularly listening to this, you're probably sick of me saying that spiel right at the end, but we do get new people listening all the time. And in case this is the first podcast that you've listened to, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you come back for more and we will see you next time on the HR on the offensive podcast. Bye-bye.